0: It's time for Roadworthy Drive with Ken Chester. Ken is a nationally syndicated automotive journalist and photographer who has been in and around the industry for over 30 years. So tune in for your fill of automotive information and entertainment with your automotive ringmaster, Ken Chester.
1: Howdy and welcome. This is, in fact, Roadworthy Drive, America's premier automotive news and information talk show. So glad you could join us. I'm your host for the hour, Ken Chester. Each and every hour we spend together, I cram it full of the kind of news and information that will make you a better, more informed consumer. And this hour is no exception. As always, there's the regular rummaging around for news and tidbits from the parts bin, And I'm also going to be talking about the practical implications Of a major American city currently being held hostage via technology. Yes, no, this is the real deal. This is true. As well as explore the rollback of government regulations planned by the EPA. And then finally, debate the virtues of a possible full-size Volkswagen pickup truck. Would you buy one? We will explore and discuss. As always, I'd love to hear from you. Call or text the Roadworthy Driveline at 872-222-9793. If email is your preferred method of electronic communication, my email address is ken at roadworthydrive.com. Either way connects you to me and the Roadworthy Drive crew. Which, now by the way, would be a good time to introduce the fellow merrymakers that are here with me in studio. A favorite of the suits in the corner office and the designated adult at the controls, my good friend, resident curmudgeon and show executive producer, Jack. Over at mic number two is a vivacious, sweet, and sassy computer geek, gamer girl, and social media diva, Lady Sasha. Howdy, my peoples. Okay, Sasha,
2: I had a meeting with the students this week. Yes. See, that's the problem. Every time he says the word curmudgeon <laughs> or any other derogatory term toward me, uh-huh. he has to pay me five bucks.
1: Well, you know what? And I mean- no, you don't get a tap. <laughs> oh, wow. And you know something? I'm not the only one that calls a curmudgeon, I found out.
3: I here's my thing. I don't understand why curmudgeon would be necessarily the bad thing.
1: Thank you. See there?
3: I mean I would love to be known as a the A female curmudgeon? I am female, therefore I am a curmudgeon. I mean that's uh, no. That's kind of how that works. No. I'm pretty
1: sure. No. No. Okay, let's go to the parts bin. Let's go. Man is willing to rummage around in the parts bin to get away from that bus. <laughs> yes, I am. He just he's running full tilt. huh. so much for the suits. Okay. How about this for real an actual car vending machine? Um, I
2: heard part of this. It intrigues me. And the question would become would this actually work in America?
3: Don't they already on. have something like that in In Texas? No. No. What's the one in Texas? The one that's a building that you can order your car from?
1: Well, ordering is one thing. This thing actually works like a vending machine. machine. Like
3: you press E3 and out comes the Toyota Camry.
1: Pretty close. Yeah. It stands five five stories tall and has spaces for 42 cars. Okay. Uh, Chinese e commerce giant uh, Alibaba has teamed up with Ford Motor Company. Mm-hmm. to introduce what they call an unstaffed super test drive center in a major Chinese city. The purpose of the unique building is to allow buyers to experience a three day test drive for free. Of course, as long as you got a great credit score and pay a deposit. They get One, a little money. And a deposit I could see. Yeah. Right, right. In case you were wondering, the car vending machine is stocked with various Ford models. Now you would think, being in China, little cars, right? Wrong. Mustang and Explorer, to name a few.
2: Well, and that doesn't surprise me either. Yeah.
1: Now, in order to use this as a total mobile app, you've got to you go through uh, Alibaba's T-Mall, uh, their company's flagship online shopping platform, and you can buy a car from the machine without a human involved in as little as 10 minutes.
2: Really? Yep. Boy, I know a few people around here would like that.
1: Indeed. Controlled by a mobile app, the applicant's face is scanned so that when they arrive at the machine, it will verify the identity before the vehicle is delivered. Now, I like this part. You get a three-day test drive before you'd have to commit. So if you didn't like the first one, you could maybe get another one and figure out which one you wanted. Okay. Ford and Alibaba are planning additional machines for at least two more Chinese cities.
3: So it's going to be similar to the Carvana that's in the U.S.
1: Okay. Um, I've heard of Carvana, but probably more because these people are actually going to the machine. If I recall, Carvana brings a car to you, if I recall correctly.
2: Mm, no. Yeah. Well, but the, but the other question is, at what point in time does, does Ford start losing money? Because you're going to have these vehicles that are going to have miles or kilometers on them. And at some point in time, it's going to start decreasing their
1: value. Well, here's the thing, though. Think about this. Okay, for the vehicles they don't buy, go back in the collection. How is that different from a demo now?
2: Well, at a demo, at some point they're going to they're going to put that car as a
1: demonstrator. Same thing here. Okay, I mean, I don't see the difference. Okay, you know, if you don't buy it, you drive it for three days. Okay, this is not the car I want. I bring it back. Yep. Because remember, people put a deposit down. Now it didn't say how much. But I'm sure it's rather substantial, so it's not like they're going to abscond with it.
2: Well, I, and, would, I would have to think it had to be someplace up around
1: a $1,000 and up. I have no idea, but I'm sure it's a pretty decent chunk of change. Yeah. And, did they, and remember, they got your picture. They know who you are. And yeah. did
3: they limit how many miles you could put on in those I didn't days?
1: see any limitation, but again, test drive. Uh, if you recall, maybe a few years ago, Buick had a 24-hour test drive.
3: Yeah, but here's my thing. Okay. And by the way, how did that work out?
1: You know, I don't know. Yeah. They're not doing it anymore. (laughs) That tells you something. something. Well, what it tells me is that that
2: you still got people who are going to spoil it for the rest of us. Mm.
3: Right. Because, I mean, if it was somebody like me, all right, in three days, just driving at my normal day-to-day activities, I would be putting on right around 350, 400 miles.
2: Yeah, right. But not everybody travels like you, Not everybody does that. But you also have to remember, back in the day... The Cadillac dealer here mm-hmm. would let us keep a car that we were looking at overnight. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I Nobody remember that. Nobody anymore will let you do that no. because of the insurance liability, mm. and, would you, and would you bring it back?
1: There would be a few automakers I read that, that you still have that, and it would really depend on the dealer. I mean, if you've been buying cars from the dealer for 40 years, yeah, yeah, yeah I don't think he's worried about you. Uh, running off with it. Yeah, you know, and uh, with the old, what I call the, the traditional makes where you had snowbirds that would trade or what do you call time cycle buyers Mm -hmm. that like clockwork, traded every three years.
3: Yep. My grandfather. The
1: the older folks still did that. Yep. You know, and it was nothing, particularly in this state. uh, You know, you get a call from the farmer. Uh, Mother and I were walking the lot after church Sunday. We like, you know, stock number this. It was the third one from the right. He brings it to the house, takes yours back. You keep it for a couple of days. You call him. Yeah, we decided we wanted it. It all gets done. That's the way it's been done in this state forever. And I think depending on the locale, particularly in the smaller communities where they know everybody, mm-hmm. I think that's still a case. Yep. So I'm not so much worried about that. Um, let me throw this at you before we go to the break. Uh, BMW and Mercedes-Benz mm-hmm. are merging. What?
2: Are yes. you serious?
1: Wait, that, yes. What?
2: They're merging. They can't be merging the, 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 their their auto divisions. They just can't.
1: Well, here's the thing. Jack, you're right, and it's spoiler alert. They're combining their mobility efforts. Okay. Uh, okay. Okay, in order Yeah, but that's still big. Pending regulatory approval, the new company will explore five different areas to flesh out new concepts for future mobility. They're gonna combine their car driving services, Drive Now for BMW and Car to Go uh with Daimler Benz, as well as uh, Their ride-hailing, on-demand mobility, parking, and electric car charging efforts. They own Parkmobile.
2: Oh. No, I've never heard of that, but that's me.
1: Uh, Parkmobile, I just read something with them where via an app for a given city, mm-hmm. you'll be able to find a parking spot in the street. Oh, okay. Yeah. Automatically. And they're they're looking at combining that with autonomous cars. So that, you know, these vehicles will be always available. Okay. I thought it was really cool. Yeah. The aim of this transaction has become a leading provider, a single source provider of innovative and sustainable single source of mobility services. Um, A holistic ecosystem of intelligent, seamlessly connected mobility services at the tip of at the tap of a finger. Can you imagine that? These guys ain't playing. And really, this is the start of what you're gonna see more of. Um, Like any new segment, and we talked about mobility being more like a mosaic. Right. And I expect that companies will come together, break apart, start little pieces over here and there, and it will continue to be that way. Some larger companies will buy the talent and buy companies for the talent they can get. Other companies will start uh, from scratch and go full term. So it's gonna be very, very interesting to see how this turns out. And this is just one more example of people getting serious about that space. Coming up next, what happens when a major city becomes a digital hostage?
3: You are listening to Roadworthy Drive with Ken Chester.
0: Want more than your share of the road? Be sure to check out Roadworthy Drive on Facebook.
2: Jeep pickup challenges you guys to take that hill. Easy. You got on. your automatic four-wheel drive pickups against my Jeep with track automatic four-wheel drive. Normal automatic? Right. The Chevy's losing traction. The Ford's spinning
1: its wheels.
2: Hey, the Dodge is slipping, too.
1: Hey, look at the Jeep pickup climb. No trouble at all. Gotta admit it, under these conditions, Jeep's got the best traction. And best traction
0: means best pickup, huh, guys? See a Jeep dealer for test results that prove who's got the best traction.
1: If you're wondering who that voice may have been, it was Daniel J Travanti. It didn't sound a thing like him, but it was uh, okay. Captain Frank Ferrillo for all you '80s fans of Hill Street Blues. And I found that one, that was done in uh,
2: 1979. My, one of my most favorite shows.
1: Yeah, I couldn't believe it that I found. I said, I know that voice, and I looked at it like, oh my goodness.
2: Well, and it was all hard in the last show to miss Muhammad Ali doing it. Well, yeah, Sounds that's totally you. true.
1: Um, thank you for tuning in to Roadworthy Drive. I'm Ken Chester. Over the years, we've gotten more and more interwined with the digital world. With all the data breaches, it was this was bound to happen. One nasty piece of what they call ransomware has brought the city of Atlanta to its knees. And yeah, I'm talking about Atlanta, Georgia. Yep. With electric cars, self-driving cars, vehicle-to-infrastructure communications integration coming up fast. And oh, by the way... Didn't we talk about Waymo supposed to test autonomous trucks in Atlanta pretty soon? Yes, we did. sir. Thought we did. Yep. In the words of my executive producer, what, what could possibly, possibly go, go wrong? <laughs> so we're going to take a look. Okay. I
2: have a question. Yes. Did anybody ever suggest to the city of Atlanta that they might want to get something that a lot of the conservative talk show hosts are pushing off-site services that will store your data, and then all you got to do is just...
1: Um, go go get it from there money. I, yeah, let let's deal with municipalities. Yeah. Okay, for a minute, because we don't get political on Roadworthy Drive, but right now the mood of this country is any tax is a bad one. Yep. Unfortunately, municipalities, states, local governments, federal government run on tax dollars. Yep. When you are under pressure to make every dollar count and you're being pushed to shrink your budgets, something's got to give. And between police protection, fire protection, keeping the streets repaired, the lights on, the schools running, and all of this stuff, something's going to give. Now, in fairness, uh, hindsight is always twenty-twenty. Correct. Yeah. And it's easy to condemn at this point. We don't have the pressure of trying to decide uh, the budget. Now, just to give you some background, of the 13 city departments... Uh, of the city of Atlanta, this only impacted five. Uh, the ransomware, uh, let me get the title of it. Uh, Sam, Sam, Sam Sam. Yeah. Uh, and they're known for choosing targets with weak security and high incentives. Yep. To regain control of the information and therefore very likely to pay. Excuse me. They also like hitting hospitals, too.
2: Mm-hmm. Oh, my
1: goodness. Yeah, they're They hit stores. a small hospital in upstate New York. Yep. Uh, they didn't pay. They wiped it. Cost them ten million dollars. Yep. Wow. get stuff straightened out. Yep. This is real. Now, why are we bringing this up on Roadworthy Drive? Is very simple. Uh, we've been talking about uh, in the recent months vehicle to infrastructure integration. Uh, in the case of Washington D.C. and Audi, we were talking about traffic light integration. Correct. Uh, it requires the local municipality to buy in to integrate these advanced systems into their network of systems if the city's network is compromised or is prone to be compromised it could go either way the city systems could in fact infect the vehicles that are interacting with it or maybe one rogue vehicle can impact or infect a city or a set of infrastructure and
2: that is a point that i have been making for well over a year here yep that You've got to come up with cybersecurity
1: that cannot be hacked like this. Okay, here's the problem. <laughs> so many. Money. Problems. Yep. You know, in a city of Atlanta, what would that cost? $5 million, $10 million, $20 million? What are they asking? $51,000. They ask a
3: number. That they can meet. That they can meet. And then, but you have to understand something. In order for these cities, these townships, to actually make themselves impenetrable, okay,
1: costs money. Yep. to set it up and ongoing and maintain. Let it. me give you a side note. Okay. Smaller city, Leeds, Alabama. They paid ransomware twelve grand to release that in a similar attack like Atlanta. Yep, people can't have it both ways. This is where I'm going, and this is my little rant. You can't expect fewer and fewer dollars and get the same set or more of city, state, federal services. It costs money, people, just like protecting your house and keeping your car running, keeping clothes and your bike and keeping your family safe costs you money. That's why you work. In order for cities, towns, municipalities, states to be bulked up, we, number one, have to make it a priority, number two, Need to allow them to get the funds and the tools to do it,
3: right? And here's the other thing: it's funny that you know a lot of these companies they'll hire a they'll pay the money at the beginning to hire somebody with experience to set it up, but then they'll fire that experienced person and bring in some someone else at a lower much, cost. Yeah, so you can't get top efficiency for lower cost. You're just not that does not prove well.
2: And with everything now going into computer, and I can and I can say this. As a contractor, Uh it takes us longer to get stuff taken care of Uh versus when we used to have to do, when everything was done on paper and tickets. Uh It was so much faster that way. Uh However, now going to this point with the cities, all of the construction records are now on computer. Uh If that data is being held, that's holding up the construction industry hmm. And at some point in time, the citizens are going to start screaming, hey, you know, you're the city. Why didn't you protect this?
1: And they and, are. And, but you but know, that... and you know what the answer is? You didn't get enough money. You, yeah. We didn't get enough money from the voters in order to spread everything that you said you wanted us to do. Yep. You don't get it both ways. You can't keep beating up on government in order to cut taxes, cut taxes, cut taxes and then expect them to deliver everything. Either as citizens, we got to make a choice. Now, what's happening is, in the case of Atlanta, uh, it didn't impact police or fire emergency response systems, the water supply safety, or airport safety yet. But that's not to say that the next time somebody may be more nefarious and want that.
3: Well, see, and they've already used this kind of cyber attacks on law enforcement.
1: Uh Well, and see, and the
2: problem that I have, and I I've been to Atlanta. I've been through Hartsfield Airport. Mm Okay. God help us all. I know how crazy that place is on a good day. Okay. You start stopping that kind. You take their computers out and you hold them for ransom. You have literally just shut down
1: the busiest airport in the United States. With a ripple effect across the country. Country, Yes, sir. Um, We will monitor this, but we bring it up because as cars become part of the infrastructure that they need from cities... This becomes an issue, and that's where we're at.
2: And at some point in time, are we as consumers going to have to put our own defenses in to
1: protect our cars? Yeah, uh, We're expecting that. More on that later. Coming up, roll back. It's okay for Walmart, not so much for the EPA.
3: This is Roadworthy Drive.
0: Roadworthy Drive, like us on Facebook.
1: This is the second part of this hour of Roadworthy Drive. I'm Ken Chester. If you haven't checked out the show website yet, why not? I have a list, number one. Uh, Oh, you do? Okay. Uh, Discover audio clips of past shows, videos of our weekly behind-the-scenes going-ons in studio as we produce the show, and more. Sasha is our handy-dandy queen of social media, and she works hard to share interesting automotive topics of technology and general interest between shows. She laughs. Um, (sighs) What? I just... No. But you're handy-dandy, though.
3: Am I? You know, and you have to understand something. When you say that, all I hear is handy-dandy Mandy.
1: I got nothing. (laughs) See what she's doing in the world of social media, and be sure to like us on Facebook. Now, the Environmental Protection Agency of the United States. It was created by a Republican administration on Earth Day in 1970, and the agency has become a watchdog. For clean water and clean air in our heavily industrialized country. Mm -hmm. As part of their purview, corporate average fuel economy, as well as vehicle emission standards, have resulted over the years in lower fuel consumption and cleaner air. Now, I'm a former New Englander, and I know a little something about that acid rain of the 70s we used to have because of coal-fired plants and the sulfuric acid mixing with the rain and coming down and messing up the cars. Oh, yeah. You didn't know. Destroyed forests. It was nasty up there.
3: Like, okay, are you actually saying that the rain that was coming down was, like, acidic? Yes. Like, to yeah. what degree
1: yes. of acidic? Enough where it de- it actually ruined paint jobs and cars, deforested forests. What? Yeah. Yep. And why that is... What did that do to kids, like, going to and from school? Umbrellas, girl.
3: I, but if it was, like, taking off paint, was it melting through the umbrellas?
1: No. Like, not quite that bad, because it was over time. <laughs> but the point is, it was the sulfur... In the exhaust from the coal-fired power plants, okay. mixing with the rain, I mean, it wasn't a really strong acid, but okay. if you were subjected to that over time, right. like a forest or a car, um, you had damage. The EPA worked to clean that up, first with scrubbers, uh, and then uh, encouraging plants to go to natural gas, okay. which largely eliminated that. Right. Um, I even lived in a community or a series of communities where we had a major river that was polluted with the waste of a number of... Paper making plants, yep. you know, we knew what color paper the plant upstream was making by the color of the river. Wow. Oh. That was nasty. Oh. But the smell. The smell. We used to have a saying, may the wind off the Nashua, and it's the Nashua River, spare your nostrils. Oh. <coughs> wow. The EPA working with the plants and two uh, sewage treatment plants, now that water has fish in it is it
3: safe to eat
1: fish in that water now yeah now it is wasn't 40 years ago
3: i was just curious how long it took to clean that water up
1: i'd say probably 10 to 15 years but it was nasty Almost when i was a, a kid generation. i'll take your word for it yeah i, I can still see it oh, yeah, okay. yeah to see to see it uh, beige colored water
3: like would it actually change colors yeah by day? the whole
1: the whole river depending what the plant was making like
2: it would be like And why was the plant in the first place allowed to dump their waste into the river?
1: Because well, there was no regulation. Prior to nineteen seventy. Welcome to the EPA. My point exactly. Okay. You know, and then we wouldn't want to even talk about the Ohio River, uh was that Cleveland that caught fire? That was sixty nine?
2: Yes. Well, yeah, you've also got to also look at the Flint River too in Michigan.
1: Yeah. But yes. my but my point, the EPA has served a purpose to help us with cleaner water, cleaner air. Mm-hmm. Now And now the government wants to roll back um, standards. What standards do they want to roll back, Ken? They want to roll back both fuel economy and emission standards. Emissions
3: that are coming off of? Vehicles. Okay.
1: Now, right now, the law says 2025, 54.5 miles to the gallon. Correct. All right. Now, their argument is that by rolling back the standards, and oh, by the way, let me preface this. We're talking about the standards from 2022 to 2025. Okay. The standards for 2022 are locked and cannot be changed. Okay. That's my next
2: question I was going to ask you. Okay. Now,
1: um, th- the issue that the government is currently making a point is that it will make larger vehicles like trucks, vans, and sport utility vehicles more affordable. Uh, people, what? the best-selling vehicle for the last 30 years In the world is the Ford F-150 pickup truck, a full-size, American-made, V8-powered-till-recently pickup truck. Right. Yeah. And uh, still, number one, no.
3: I don't see them hurting. No. None.
1: No. No. SUVs, pickup trucks, uh, even smaller trucks. Okay. That's That's not a reasonable argument.
3: But at this point, aren't automakers locked in? I mean, they have set their technology. Well, 2020, set their
2: 2022 is what they're locked into. But you're right. They're, they've got this technology sitting there that they're going to have to employ at some point here to meet the 2025 fuel standard. Right. I mean, they have. Yeah, but let, a, me,
1: let me help you with that. Okay. One, it's not one technology. It's no. not something they can take off the shelf and go, boom, we meet it. Okay? It's taking a lot. And because of the long lead times and development – and all the suppliers they're dealing with, and the technologies they have yet to invent. We're seeing the slide. That's why you're seeing all the announcements of electric vehicles. There is right. ne- you will never have a full-size pickup truck that will get 50 miles to the gallon. That's not physically possible. Ain't going to happen. Okay. So, so looking at that, in order to get a, what they call, corporate average fuel economy. What does that mean? It means of everything I sell, if I'm an automaker... That my average fuel economy uh, waited for, if I'm selling a lot of trucks, that I need to balance it with stuff that gets over and above and beyond that mileage in order to bring it up.
2: I understand that. But with the fact that trucks and SUVs today Mm. are selling more than the cars are, at what point does the car companies go, it doesn't make sense to make cars
1: anymore? They're there. Yeah. We're there right now. Okay. The Ford Fusion will not be made anymore pretty soon. GM and we've reported here there's at least 6 GM cars that are not going to be made anymore. Mhm. We're there. Volkswagen's having a problem with the Passat. We'll talk about that later. Which is why they're looking at their full-size developing a full-size pickup truck. We are there right now. Okay. Car sales have been sliding for 7 years.
2: Yeah. And, and right now, honestly, one of the dealers in town here, I can tell you right now that if you, you want a car and you want to buy it really expense, inexpensively, and it being new, meaning 2017 still. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, one heck of a deal. There's deals all day long.
1: Yeah. Uh-huh. Let me put this way. If they want to roll back the emission standards, it's kind of foolhardy because the rest of the world, particularly the largest automotive uh, market, which is China, sorry, but it is, yep. um, is clamping down. Yep. So if you handicap our automakers by relaxing standards, they actually get behind the eight ball and fall behind. It will hurt us in the long term, not help us. And California has already said, eh, not happening. And we're not going back to the split California cars and 49 state solutions because there's a whole bunch of questions about if you move to California with a car that doesn't meet it, what do you do? Are you stuck with the value or vice versa? you got a California car you take somewhere else. You've got a whole bunch of issues about sale. So, um, things to think about. Um, when we come back, finally, concept pickup trucks and more from Volkswagen.
3: Roadworthy Drive with Ken Chester is heard exclusively on the Roadworthy Drive radio network.
0: Go to Roadworthy Drive.com to check out Ken's blog, listen to past shows, and the times when you can see the show on Facebook Live.
1: Some people just can't let things go. Uh, This is the last part of this hour of Roadworthy Drive. Thank you for joining us. I'm Ken Chester. Sasha, I got a word for you. Uh Uh-huh. One word. Uh Uh-huh. Volkswagen. I got two. That's auto. uh, mm -hmm. Well, at least you're not still yelling dieselgate like you were at the break. Dieselgate! Let it go, Sasha. (laughs) I will. Dieselgate! Oh, my goodness. (laughs) People, let it go. Ah. Seriously. There he goes. Let it go. The long blue dress. Ugh. I've been following the fall and phoenix-like rise of this automaker for going on three years now. Mm-hmm. While well, it seems like it might have been a death knell with the exposure of what's become known as dieselgate diesel in the fall of 2015, the automaker has since pivoted away from diesel engines to a very electric and autonomous product future and has committed tens of billions of dollars to the effort and has launched a large American-built SUV last year, and it's now even considering a full-size pickup truck. Oh, by the way, mm-hmm. did I happen to mention that Volkswagen is also the number one automaker in the world for total sales? Really? Yeah. Just thought of giving it a I FYI. wouldn't have thought that. I would have I I
2: I thought one of the Chinese companies would uh,
1: They exactly. beat Toyota. No. They sell more vehicles than Toyota does. Okay, so let's talk about this pickup concept. Uh-huh. Let's see if I get the pronunciation right. They introduced it at the New York Auto Show. Mm -hmm. The Tanoak? It's T-A-N-O-A-K. The Volkswagen Atlas Tanoak. Pickup concept. Okay. It's based on their Atlas. No surprise. Atlas is the biggest thing they make. Correct. They make it in the United States in good old Chattanooga, Tennessee, where vehicles are supposed to be made. Mm -hmm. Okay. Just saying. Also the home of the Passat. Now, in the last segment, we talked about uh, motor vehicles. We talked about cars. Correct. Passat's got the same problem. Uh, let me give you a statistic. That You're saying
2: the Passat is not selling?
1: Uh, no. 54% of Volkswagen sales, of people buying Volkswagens in the United States, they bought either the Atlas or the Tiguan. Oh. Wow. Wow. Yeah. 54%. Wow. Light trucks today only account for 23% of Volkswagen brand sales, compared to 64% for the overall light vehicle market. I want to let that sink in.
2: Okay, so now they're figuring, okay, it's time to get into the pickup market.
1: They want to show it. Now, they think they're cute with this. Um, Their quote, although there are no, cur- currently no production plans for the Ath- Atlas Tenoak, uh, However, you pronounce that. Uh, they didn't give me pronunciation with that. Right, right. Volkswagen is keen to gauge the reactions of buyers and the media, since pickup trucks are one of the biggest volume segments in the United States. Now, let me let me put it to you this way: if consumer, if the consumers want it, want it, VW will build it. Okay. I
2: want it. Now, did they
1: introduce? Did they introduce
2: us at the New York Auto Show for the first time, or did they do it of the other show? Yeah. No, nope. first time. Okay, so this is the first time that we've seen that vehicle in North America. Yes. Yes. Okay, do we have any kind of information on how it went, the reaction was at that auto show? Yes. Well, the auto
1: show's going on right now.
2: Okay, what is the reaction? Do we know?
1: People- we do not know. Um,
3: according to a few of the articles that have been written about this, mm-hmm. people are really liking it. They're liking the lines. Um, I'm going to share, actually, on our Facebook page the story that has the mo- what I consider the best pictures of the concept truck. It is nice. It is sleek. I really like what they did with the door handles. Um, it does not show... Oh, you're looking for... Look at that. I mean, it's got these LED lights that are just amazing. It really... Really just shouts at you. It's a nice-looking truck.
1: Yeah. It's, a fi- it's what they call a spacious five-passenger. Mm-hmm. Kind of coupe-like with a novel full-down bed that takes the 64 inches of cargo length. Mm-hmm. Adds another 26, brings you to almost 90 inches with the cargo gate open. Okay. In terms of width. Um, Going to be powered by V6, 276 horsepower, 3.6 liter V6 engine. Uh, it's going to have all-wheel drive and an eight-speed automatic transmission. Okay.
2: I'm assuming four-wheel drive isn't included in this.
1: Yes, sir. Yes. Okay. Um, my my guess is because it is based on uh, their one of their new platforms, which is very flexible, same platform that the Atlas is based on, I would guess if people really love it, I wouldn't be surprised to see a rolling prototype uh, with them going to com- – uh, commit to uh production less than 2 years. Do you think it could be quicker than that? No.
3: Can I have it next week? <laughs>
1: no. How no. about for Christmas? And no, cuz first of all, they got to turn a this is a nice-looking concept uh-huh. into one that actually runs. I mean, I'm
3: willing to take the one that they showed at the auto show. I mean, it all they have to run. It doesn't doesn't run. Can they just put in an engine?
1: No. No. Mm. Sorry there. That's a tease. Uh-huh. Well, okay. Consolation prize. Okay. How about a, uh, uh, let's see, what do they call this thing? Hmm. Um, they've got a variant of the Atlas they call the Cross Sport.
3: Right, yeah, I saw that uh, Which too. is kind of
1: a five-speed, five-seat version of their Atlas. Yeah. Kind of a swoopy, kind of, you know, think of Volvo, like, XC series. I know. Yeah, kind of something like that. Yeah,
3: it's okay. Mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, they're also going to bring out that all-electric ID Cross that's coming out in 2020. Remember that? Oh yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then your bus is coming out in 2023, I think.
3: Uh, see, okay. Now
2: we're talking the old VW bus.
1: Yes, right? the remake, big time. Okay.
3: I, I wanted to say Scooby
1: Doo. Uh no. Come on. No. Are, are we the putting the
2: peace sign on? it? We are oh, totally
1: on, doing the peace sign. Come on, people. It is going to be now like- the cockpits. The cockpit display mm-hmm. in the Atlas Crossport. Mm-hmm. Can be reconfigured to show information on driving, yep. navigation, and assistance functions as necessary. Okay, whatever that means. Mm-hmm. Whatever that means. Now, they call this platform that both the uh, Tanoke whatever or Tenoke, mm-hmm. and this cross, this Atlas Cross, um, is both based on what they call their Modular Transverse Matrix MQB platform which can be built on all manner of drive systems, including a plug-in hybrid drivetrain. And they're looking at maybe a hybrid for one of these. And uh, that would be supplied by an 18-kilowatt lithium-ion battery housed in the center terminal. And uh, one of these hybrids for the Sport would generate 355 horsepower, the Atlas Cross Sport.
2: Now, I realize this concept, so I'm assuming they haven't come up with a price yet, correct?
1: No, your ways. These are both concepts. But uh, if Sasha's excitement is any indication, I'm thinking the crossboard would probably be built because it's probably the lightest, the least uh, modified of the two. And then the second one, quite modified. Oh, well. So, folks, um, another hour has come and gone already. On behalf of the Roadworthy Drive crew, thanks for listening.
3: This has been Roadworthy Drive with Ken Chester. Roadworthy Drive with Ken Chester is a copyrighted presentation of the Roadworthy Drive Radio Network. Any rebroadcast, retransmission, or any other use is prohibited without the written consent of the Motor News Media Corporation.